Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Vlog. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing today on Periscope, Twitch, DLive, and YouTube? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Asgard. Oh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. Much of it having to do with the wonderfully stupid decisions that were made, narratively speaking, for Avengers Endgame. If you were coming here expecting to have a, uh, a glowing, praiseworthy review of the film, uh, you might want to look somewhere else. Not that there isn't some great things in it, there are just so many, so many problems, so many narrative problems, but I digress. Mr. Peabody, what's going on, bruv? Says, hey, what's going on, Mr. Peabody? How's it going, bruv? Super Anime Gamer says, hey, what is up, my dude? Literally just got home from seeing Endgame, some minor cringe, but ultimately I liked it. Actually, much more than Infinity War, if I dare say. Definitely not there with you, man. Infinity War is a better film in every single way, in my own humble thought. That Star Wars girl, Anna. What's going on, Anna? How's it going, girl? How's it going? I know that you are going to be streaming about Endgame soon, I think is what I saw, or you've already streamed about Endgame. Didn't like it myself. Did not like it. Was not a fan. I know. Unpopular opinion, but I was not a fan of it. Zine Ward. Zine Waters says, Hail my lord. Hello, Zine. How is it going, good sir? How's it going? Alice McCarthy says, My wife's seen Endgame this very moment. Finally get to talk about it with uh, with her. She gonna be mad because she is a super Black Widow nerd. That is indeed very unfortunate. So guys, as you can see from the stream title, we are gonna be talking spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet, if you don't know what if you do not want to know anything, then please leave the chat. Because uh, it's not going to be for you. Uh, G Monkey says, "Hello. Um, uh, would uh, would be better if I didn't watch Endgame six out of ten. Yeah, seriously, would have been a much better. I'm actually at the five out of ten. I'm like five six out of ten for me. So Star Wars Girl Anna also did not like it either. Wow. Okay, glad to see I'm not alone in that, <laughs> that Star Wars Girl. There are just so many narrative problems. That's for the reason why I don't like it." There are just so many narrative problems, and it all stems from the fact that they decided to utilize time travel. Time travel is a lazy device when it's being used in this type of a world. It is such a lazy device, and if you don't do it right, dear God, is it going to hurt your bottom line. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some parts that I really liked. There are parts of this movie that I thoroughly enjoy. There are characters that I thoroughly enjoyed, but there are just also some really, really bad really bad narrative parts to it as well. And I can't ignore those. I'm sorry. I cannot ignore them. And we're going to be talking about some of those today. Uh, the Senate says, uh, you must love the wokeness that surrounds us and binds us. Yeah, that wasn't, that didn't help it either. Because obviously there are some narrative problems with it. There's some objective narrative problems, especially when it comes to their time travel. Like, what are the rules of their time travel? It seems like they set the rules and then they break the rules and then they, you know, change the rules. And, you know, who knows what the rules are at this point? Are there multiple timelines? Is it all one timeline? Because I was talking to Matthew Kadish, who saw it today, and uh, he was talking to me saying, no, but, you know, when they talk to the Grand Master, no, no, sorry, the Ancient One, sorry, Grandmaster. When they talk to the Ancient One, she makes a point saying that it's, it's, you don't want to screw up the timeline. And so it seems that she insinuates that there is one string, you know, one single timeline, but that's not what's presented, or at least that's not how it's explained by Hipster Hulk, as I like to call him, because that wasn't the Hulk. It wasn't Bruce Banner, it wasn't the Hulk, it was Hipster Hulk. Because that's what we all wanted, right? It was Hipster Hulk. Apparently it's, it's supposed to be a variation of Professor Hulk, but uh, it was a hipster. You know, Hulk was a total hipster in this film, and, and I was not a huge fan of it. There were some parts I really liked. You know, I liked it, I think, at first, but then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, they're not going to change anything. Oh, he's never going to actually Hulk out, so his 
character arc of being scared of Thanos and trying to get revenge for Thanos, oh, that's never going to happen. Oh, okay. Great. Glad that I got Hipster Hulk. Glad we got that out of the way, right? Oh, man. And then, of course, the multiple woke moments did not help either. And some people saying, oh, it was one moment. It was a pretty big moment. And it was about as cringeworthy as you can possibly get. Like, I made I made this point last night on uh, their Nerdrotic channel. And, the, the, and a huge shout-out to Gary Nerdrotic for having me on last night. We had a three-hour stream over there, and it was awesome. But I made this point there, and I also made it on another stream, too, on the... Uh, uh, League of Nations stream over on the Hey Viv channel. Go check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, me, Vivian from the Hey Viv channel, Wished Upon a Vlog, Julie, my Irish sister, and Lethal Lightning, my boy from Australia. We talk about Endgame a lot. And one of the points that I made in all those streams was, yeah, isn't it interesting that somehow, some way, every single character that happens to have a certain uh, biological component happened to show up at the same time, at the same place, to say, oh, she's not alone? Oh, yeah. It wasn't that great. And you could see it coming from a mile away, too, because all of a sudden, you're just on Captain Marvel. Who you, everyone wants to see with the Infinity Gauntlet, right? We all wanted to see her with the Infinity Gauntlet, right? And then all of a sudden, it starts to slowly pan out. And it took one woman for me to go, oh, it's coming. Here it is. Here's the A-Force. Here is the all-female Avengers that they're going to try and prep us for. And it was so force-fed. It was so awkward. And it totally took me out of the movie because it wasn't well done. That was not a good shot. You don't put that kind of a shot into a movie. That's not how it works. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let see. Super says, I rate Infinity War lower than you rated Endgame. What? No, Infinity War is great. See, Infinity War has great characters, great character arcs. Editing and pacing are on pace as well. There aren't any crazy uh, plot holes or plot uh, problems with it. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not there. But the ones for Endgame are just glaringly bad, and it's because they play with time. It's because they decide to do the time zone thing, uh, you know, the, the time travel thing. I will say this much, and Mr. Peabody reminded me this uh, of this last time. Did I not call that they would use the Quantum Realm? I remember as soon as I got out of Ant-Man and the Wasp, as soon as I did my review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, I said from that day on, I was like, all right, well, Quantum Realm is going to play a role in some capacity. Sure enough, they used the Quantum Realm. Didn't think they'd use it for time travel, but somehow they did. And is it time travel? Is it time hopping? As I said, you know, uh, Hulk says, oh, when you go back in time, that is now your future. So does that mean you create a new alternate timeline? Is it like Back to the Future where now you have an alternate timeline, but you can do that like an infinite number of times? Doesn't make any damn sense. And then, oh, oh, yeah, we're going to put, you know, uh, you know, we're going to put Steve Rogers. He's going to go back in time to place back all the Infinity Stones, which means now we don't have any Infinity Stones in our own current era. So therefore, there is no more Time Stone for Doctor Strange. That's great, right? Uh, Vision. Vision, I guess, is just going to be dead forever. They're going to make a series about him, but maybe that's going to be in a different timeline. Maybe. Is it just going to be in the past of this timeline? Who knows? Who knows and who cares, right? Uh, Continuity and consistency is something they do not care about. Obviously, something they do not care about. But good Lord, the time travel breaks so many parts of this film, and it's so cringeworthy. It's it's so bad. And it's, it's, it's really sad, too, because, I mean, I love the Russos. The Russos have not made a bad film yet until now. And I know that I'm in the minority there. Me and Anna, that Star Wars girl, we are in the minority with this opinion because most people love it. And you know what? If you subjectively love this film, if you enjoyed it, if you cried, hey, I feel you. Because I was feeling some of those same emotions. You know, everything that happened with Tony Stark was awesome. If there is an all-star to this movie... It is without a doubt Robert Downey Jr. He was awesome in this part. He was awesome in this role. This was his movie. And he was great. He was absolutely fantastic. It sucks, though, that they had to do some really stupid things. They could have done 
such a simpler story with the freaking Infinity Gauntlet, but no, somehow, some way, you know, you remember how the Infinity Gauntlet, remember how they established this early on about how the Infinity Gauntlet was created the same place where you had, yeah, Mjolnir created, the same place where you had, you know, Stormbringer, you know, uh, Stormbreaker, you know, all of these different weapons that were created in the heart of a dying star, and the Gauntlet also needed to be created in the same way because they needed to create something that was powerful enough to hold all of the Infinity Stones at the same time. And yet, okay, so you have all that picture, right? And yet, somehow, Tony Stark is able to create, you know, a, a a glove. He's able to create a glove just in his own backyard, apparently, and it's able to hold all the Infinity Stones. That makes sense. That's consistent. And and some people are trying to say, oh, you're just nitpicking, man. Why are you, why are you nitpicking the story? These aren't nitpicks. These are giant plot devices. These are giant plot points. And therefore, they are giant holes. And they need to be talked about. And uh, thank you very much, Beats of Angels, for the super chat. He says, Rose Tinted Glasses, my friend, shaking my head, donation. Thank you, Beats of Angels, appreciate it. Yeah, and that's what it is. Everyone's looking at this film with their Rose Tinted Glasses, saying, oh, but it's the end of the MCU. It's the end of this phase. And look, I understand where you're coming from. I understand the sentiments. I have the same types of emotions for this film. I really do. And there are emotional parts that I loved. As I said, everything with Tony Stark, I loved from an emotional standpoint. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to watch a film that's being made by talented people where they've done great films beforehand and then they just drop the ball narratively on this one. That's what they did. They dropped the ball narratively. And it's really sad because I wanted this film. I went into this film so hyped, so excited. And if the story had been better, I could have let the wokeness go. I could have been like, oh, you know what? That's fine. You know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not the best thing in the world. I hated those scenes when they were on. But you know what? I could have at least survived it. But instead, we got just a very poorly constructed story that causes so many issues and also, too, it gives them the way out. Now they can literally do everything. Now they can literally do whatever it is that they want. If they want to bring a character back, they can say, oh, time travel. Oh, we were able to do it. Oh, we just took them from a different timeline, so it's not going to mess up anything. It's totally fine. You know, and I know that's trying to build to the multiverse and Secret Wars, which apparently is going to be the future. Like, based on everything that we have, Secret Wars seems to be the future. I get that. But, oh my gosh. You can, I mean, I'm sorry. It's so funny, and in this movie, they go after movies like Bill and Ted. They go after movies like Back to the Future, one of my all-time favorites, Back to the Future. And they try and say, oh yeah, they got it wrong. Oh yeah, they got time travel wrong. And yet, at the very end, I can say this much. That time travel in those movies makes a hell of a lot more sense than the Frankenstein time travel they came up with in this movie. Good lord, so bad. Uh, Reed Palancia, thank you very much for the super chat, says, An opinion which excites no opposition at all is not worth having. Uh, Marie Corelli, only in Crucible is the truth found. Great to see you again. Well, Reed, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And yeah, it is. As I said before, if you have a different opinion than me, I respect you. I respect you for having an opinion. However... We have to be able to come to some, you know, some agreements on certain things. This is a, this is my go-to example every time. We can say that The Room by Tommy Wiseau is objectively a bad film, poorly written, poorly directed, etc. We can all agree on that. That's an objective truth. Subjectively, though, it's up to the person. Same way with this film. Subjectively, you can love it, and I'm not going to go after you for your subjective view. Not going to do it because that's your opinion, and you're totally entitled to it. And if you love this film, great. Awesome. This is probably not the stream for you then if you had that subjective experience. This is me taking it from a, trying to take it from a more objective standpoint. Because that's what I am. I'm the critic who is a cynic. I'm a cynical person. 
I'm a realist is what I have to call myself. Other people call me a cynic. I'm a realist. I try and take things as they are. I try to, you know, dissect. That's what I do. And so when I saw this film and they used time travel and they screwed it up, I'm sorry, but I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out. Reed, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Uh, Marvel fan, thank you very much for the super chat. Says, the Russo's good at intrigue and plot twists. Whedon was much better at superhero team movies. He understood the characters and Marvel canon. As a Hulk fan, I am through with the MCU. Yeah, a lot of Hulk fans are pissed. Hipster Hulk was not good. A lot of Thor fans. Oh my God, they totally destroyed Thor in this film. And I know some people thought it was funny. Oh, look, Thor is fat. I understand he goes through a lot in the last series of films. You know, his his entire planet is destroyed. You know, his home is destroyed. He's displaced. He loses his father. And then all of a sudden, the events of Endgame happen. But he is the last person that's going to go through that kind of a crisis. To the point, especially, of getting, you know, uh, you know, fat. And also, they had to use the prosthetic fat suit, which didn't make any sense because he was still swole. He was still, you know, jacked. Yet, he was fat. It was so bad. It was so poorly done. <laughs> God. Again, the Russos have done so many great things, but they totally ruined Thor. And I mentioned this also on last night's stream. What they basically did was they took, you know, realistically, the two strongest Avengers, Hulk and Thor. I think most people would be able to agree. Okay, yeah, they're definitely the two strongest Avengers. Screw Captain Marvel, whatever her nonsense is. The two strongest Avengers. They lowered them because they knew that everyone was going to expect them to step up in this film. And they decided to subvert expectations. To me, this is a Last Jedi experience. Now, I'm not saying that this is as bad as Last Jedi, so don't misquote me there. Last Jedi is much worse because it does much worse things. It's much more poorly written, and there's just not a whole lot to say that's, you know, there isn't a whole lot of positives about The Last Jedi. This one, there are positives to talk about. We're not really going to focus on those this stream. But at the same time, too, it's all about subversion of expectations. And that's what they try to do with this film. And I think that it was to the detriment of the film, much like... Ryan Johnson trying to subvert expectations was to the detriment of his film as well. Frank, I see you over in the Twitch stream. Thank you very much for watching me over on Twitch. And guys, if you have Twitch, please think about following me over on Twitch. I'm only about four followers away from reaching 50. So that way I can get, uh, uh, what is it, the affiliate, the partner, whatever it is. Uh, that way people can start subscribing and all that, all that good stuff. But no, it's it just, there's so many problems. There are. And Marvel fan, I, I hear you, man. Hulk fans should be pissed off because we didn't get to see Hulk. Hulk out at all. We didn't get to see his character arc actually get a completion to his story. It's just, ugh, it's so bad. Uh, 80s Nostalgia Guy, thank you for the Super Chat, says, After Thanos was defeated, Captain Marvel could have used the glove. I, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. There are so many easier ways they could have done it. I'm glad she didn't use the glove because that would have sucked. You know, I don't want to see that. But at least it would have solved this really awful use of time travel. Seriously. All right, Super says, uh, but like you said, just my opinion, all cool, bro. Hey, man, I, I, I totally understand it, and you have every right to your opinion, as I said. Uh, Steph says, all right, thank you for letting everyone know. All right, Anna agrees. Great to hear it, Anna. Guys, go check out Anna, that Star Wars girl. She is awesome. She's a rock star. She is. Uh, Zinewater says, if Cap traveled back in time to be with Peggy, did he make sure he didn't get frozen? Otherwise, there's two of him. Again, these are all questions that need to be answered. And as I said, either on the one hand, He's created a separate timeline, and so therefore, it doesn't matter. Or, alternately, there that's a giant plot hole. You know, it's either a very poorly weak story, or a giant plot hole. You take your pick. Either way, it doesn't work. And that's why I have a big problem with it. Um, Alex McCarthy says, um, I haven't seen because my spinal stenosis in theaters ain't fun. So I read spoilers, and yeah, there are at least five things that are cringe. Yes, 
there are a lot of cringe elements to this film. Much more than people are going to try and say that there are, but there are a lot of cringe elements to it. I mean, if you want to, I can go into more. So obviously you got the big team up moment, which was awful. But let's talk about a couple other big moments too. Also, uh, Miss C Verdugo, thank you very much for following me on Twitch. Appreciate that. How about you talk about the fact that Thor, at the very end, says, oh, I don't want to be king of Asgard, which makes sense with his character. But then all that he goes to do is say, oh, well, you know what? Um, You know what? We don't need a king. Uh, Asgard doesn't need a king. And essentially, it's anyways, they need a queen. And so Valkyrie is now the leader of the Asgardians, which, again, I like Valkyrie. I'm actually on Tessa Thompson's side. There are, you know, Gary does not like it. Gary does not like Tessa Thompson. Gary does not like that version of Valkyrie, and I respect his opinion because I think that he has a valid point. I personally like Tessa Thompson as an actress, and so I don't mind her as being as Valkyrie, and I like the chemistry between her and Chris Hemsworth. But it's like, oh, we don't need a king. We need a queen. And then her first thought is, oh, we're going to make some changes here. It's like, oh, 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 okay. So, so you did this knowing the visuals, and that's what you were going for. You were going for the visuals. You weren't going for plot. You were going because you wanted to make a political statement, just like they did the same thing with Cap giving his shield not to the Winter Soldier, not to Bucky, not to the person who should be getting the damn shield, who got the shield in the comics originally until Disney took over, not to the person that actually has powers to a point, not to a person that could actually physically wield the shield, Oh no, give it to the regular human who can only do anything if he's got the jetpack wings on. And again, I love Falcon. I love Anthony Mackie's Falcon. Let him be Falcon. He's not a Captain America though. He's not. Oh, you're just saying that because you're a racist. No, it's because the character. It's based off of characters. Bucky deserved that shield because Bucky is the only other person other than Steve Rogers who has the serum within himself is a part of the current state of the MCU who could actually wield the shield. Ah, man. But you know why they did it? Optics. As I said, optics was what this film wanted to do. It wanted to create the proper optics for its future, which is why Phase 4, based on this and everything we know about the the films coming out, is going to be Phase Woke. We are going into Phase Woke, people. So, I mean, this I thought this film was going to be the last awesome moment. I mean, it's... It's done for me, man. You know, obviously, I'll still see these things because I want to talk about them with you guys. And I want to let you guys know. But as far as them getting my money, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed. Uh, let's see. Suli560 over on Twitch says, uh, don't you think they messed up uh, Messed up with Thanos? They built him up so much in Infinity War, but that they get rid of him and bring the old Thanos who doesn't feel the same feels generic. Yeah, uh, Suli, you're, you're absolutely right. They totally screw up Thanos. You know, Thanos is menacing in Infinity War. You know, Infinity War was was Thanos' film, and it was awesome. And then in this film, in the first five minutes, he gets his head chopped off by Thor, which was cool to see. But then as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, but now Thanos is dead. So what you going to do? And then, of course, that is what introduces time travel and just creates the entire mess of the film that it ended up being. It also creates a giant plot hole when, you know, one of the most powerful beings in the universe, when snapping his finger, gets, you know, a singe on his arm and on his face... Hulk, when he wears the damn thing, just wears it, gets burnt on his hand, arm and also on his face. And then a human with no powers, Steve, you know, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Tony Stark, he does the snap, same marking. It kills him, of course, but it was the same marking. And this is also in a universe where you'd already established Peter Quill just holding one of the stones, just wielding one of the stones, almost got killed, and yet he 
is the son of like an eternal cosmic being. So, uh, see, again, you start to dive into it and it doesn't make any sense. Seriously, it does not make any sense. As much as I love that moment, I love Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man. Awesome. But at least make it consistent. I would much rather, to be honest, even though the emotional ending they gave us with Tony Stark, I would much rather him have been totally evaporated because then you know what I would have said? No, that makes sense because not even Hulk could withstand it, got singed in that way. Not even Thanos could withstand it because he got singed in this way. And those are two of the most powerful beings in the universe. Tony Stark is a human who somehow is also able to create a glove with his own technology that could hold all the Infinity Stones. That doesn't make any sense, seeing that the Infinity Gauntlet itself had to be created in the heart of a dying star, like Mjolnir. I mean, again, these are pretty commonsensical things. But yeah, Sully, I'm right there with you, man. They totally messed up Thanos. They totally messed up Thanos, and it was really, really sad. Uh, Midway40, thank you very much for following me over on Twitch. Thunderstud69, thank you very much for following me over on Twitch as well. Uh, see, JJ, thank you very much for the Super Chat, says, Endgame was a big letdown for me. Same here. Giant letdown for me. Giant letdown for me as well. And it's just really sad, because they could have done so much with it. They could have done so many great things with this movie. They could have just, uh, they could have knocked it out of the park. And the Russos have that capacity. Again, Winter Soldier, excellent film. Civil War, really good film. Again, not perfect, not as good as Winter Soldier, but really good film. Infinity War, excellent film. Endgame, I mean, we're, we're talking <laughs> bottom 10. We're talking bottom 10 of the MCU. Bottom 10 of the MCU, and that's, that's really sad. Uh, Marvel fan, thank you again for another super chat. Uh, Marvel fan says, for the Hulk, I guess matters stronger and strongest one there is. For 60 years, Marvel canon doesn't count much. Lebowski Thor was a sad end for his 10 years. Captain uh, Iron Man end was good, but not for the MCU. Yeah, exactly right. So the Captain Marvel thing, great that he, I mean, sorry, the Captain uh, America thing, great that he was able to have his happiness, but guess what? It doesn't make sense. Again, it's great that he got his happy ending and we got to see old man Cap. That was really cool. The effects were really nice for that, but it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't work within the time frame. Doesn't work within the timeline. And obviously, I think that you know Tony Stark had the best arc in the entire film. You know, he was the, he was the one character that was consistent from beginning of the film to the ending of the film, and he had one of the best send offs, one of the best endings. So, but one character being done perfectly does not make up for all the other characters that are not done perfectly and are ruined almost in the process. Uh, Jason Barry, thank you very much for the Super Chat, says, how much do you think Feige screwed with this movie so on Russo? Yeah, and I, you know, some people say, oh, that's not how Feige works. Feige lets, you know, puts a basic groundwork down and then lets, you know, the creators, lets the directors be creative. Okay, but that doesn't mean that he can't still have an impact. That doesn't mean that in the groundwork he says, okay, we need to have A-Force, we need to have these characters come out on top. And then the Russos have to figure out how to get there. So the Russos are obviously still responsible for it. You know, they didn't write the film. However, I, I would say that, it, it, oh God. And these are the writers from Winter Soldier too, apparently. And that was a great movie. That's why it's so confusing. It's so sad. It feels like the studio interfered though. It really does. Because as you said, it's very unRusso. It's very unRusso. It does not match up with any of the other films that they made that have been very tight, that have been very well put together. And so I, I guess, again, I kind of have to at this point say, man, the studio must have gotten involved in a much larger capacity than normal. You know? Uh, also, uh, June Wong, thank you for a super chat, says, Solution, Reality Stone turns Bucky in a, into a black woman. Everyone will be happy that black female Bucky gets the shield. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Jun Wong, yes, absolutely. That's going to make everyone happy. Everyone on the woke scale will be happy with that, right? Oh, the reality stone. That's another one. How in the hell did he get the soul stone back? They never talked about how you get the soul stone back. You, you sacrifice somebody to get it. Do you get somebody back? Did he get a meetup with yeah, with Red Skull? That could have been cool to see if he had a, if he got to meet up with Red Skull again. But again, lots of questions, lots of bad writing, lots of plot holes, not a whole lot of answers. Uh, let's see, Soul Sad, get back to the chat. And we have 246 people in here. Holy crap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please drop a like if you like what you're hearing. And leave a comment as well. Odin question, all one word, in the YouTube section. And I will get to you guys as quickly as I can. But as you can see, we're pretty backed up today. So I'm going to do the very best that I can to get to as many questions from the chat as well. And also, if you're watching on DLive, I have not forgotten about you. Keep on talking up over there. And I've got the Twitch window up over as well. Frank is still talking away in the Twitch chat. Um, so, Souls as says, my sister and her boyfriend saw Endgame and her boyfriend spoiled it for me when they visited. Now I don't want to see the movie. Souls as I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to spoil it for somebody who hasn't seen it yet or be that careless, like, come on. That, that's, that, that is a crappy move. That is a crappy move. And, and I, I saw that movie on Thursday. So I had to teach it, you know, I had to teach on Friday. And the whole day, I'm like, guys, don't worry. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not that kind of dude. I'm not the kind of guy that's just going to drop spoilers. Now, Anna, if she's still in the chat, you know, she'll just casually talk about something and drop spoilers. But, you know, that's because she's, you know, spoiler Anna. But <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just, it's a crappy thing to do. So I'm very sorry to hear that. But at the same time, too, you can kind of save your money and save your time as well. Because in my in my own mind, Infinity War is the end of the MCU for me. It's uh, the last film I plan on owning. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was okay at parts. You know, I enjoyed some aspects to it, mostly because I love Paul Rudd in that role. The villain, uh, her acting was was over the top. Not not like the movie, <laughs> but like just being way too much. So I overall did not like her performance in it. But uh, at the end of the day, Infinity War, it's the last one I own. And I don't plan on owning any other MCU films. So, yeah. So much for, <laughs> so much for eventually buying Endgame. Because, again, I wanted this film to be great. I wanted it to be amazing. I wanted it to be perfect. And it was not even close. Not even close. Uh, Orange Hat Review says, I just uploaded my threefold review. It's a new thing I will do, but you inspire me with the objective subjective. I added a third category called moviegoer based on entertainment value. Orange Hat Reviews, that's a great point. That is a great point. And I think that's a that's a category that's needed because obviously as a critic, we can break things down objective subjective. But what about those who aren't critics? What about those who are just going to go and want to escape? You know, obviously, we can reach out to them as well. That's why, for me, I used to go to Rotten Tomatoes to the audience score, and that was, to me, okay, this is the enjoyment level that I can get out of it, but guess what? You know, it's not always going to be perfect, because right now, it's at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, no, it's it's not that, it's not that good. I wish it was. I wish it was, but it's not. Uh, 70B, yes, the cookies indeed are on. The cookies indeed are on. Uh, Doc Odin, yes, Doc Odin says, I'm going to need another Doc Brown explanation about <laughs> Endgame's time travel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, Doc Odin was born yesterday because I basically had to go in the full, like, good God, <laughs> Marty, <laughs> when you go back to 1955. I might bring Doc Odin out a little bit later. Uh, but I'm so far behind the chat, and I know that I would be spending way too much time, way too much time talking about uh, the time travel issues. So, uh, Random says, dude, you have so many people watching. I know, it's insane. 
253 people. That's so insane. Uh, Sticky V says, Cringe always takes you out of the movie a bit, and to do that during the final emotional battle of the whole MCU, the more I think about it, the more it baffles me. Sticky V, I'm right there with you. Seriously, it totally takes you out of the film because you're like, I know what you're doing there, and it was totally political. There was no need for that scene to happen. No need. At all. And the people who are criticizing us who are upset or angry about it, they're like, oh, why are you so upset by it? Seriously, imagine that Little Women was playing. Imagine that Little Women had its entire universe. And imagine that Little Women over 11 years was being built up and only had a few male characters. And then in the last movie of Little Women, the, you know, the, the, the MCU, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the Little Midlife Crisis Women, you know, mid, Midlife Crisis Universe, the MCU for, for Little Women, then all of a sudden what you get is you have a group of all of the men... All the all the characters with certain appendages all coming together at the same time, <laughs> with a with a with a camera panning out on them. I mean, you'd be mad too, and you'd have every right to be because that's stupid. <laughs> God, it was so cringe. Beats of Angel says so. Odin, Anna, and Mecca did not like it. Oh, Mecca didn't write like it either. Okay. I'll have to talk to her about that. Who else from the fandom? Jesse liked it, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people liked it. Most people liked it. And that's why, again, it's not... For anyone that's ever been like, oh, you're just saying things because everyone else says them. Really? Go ahead and look at my first review. There's over 300 dislikes on that video because most people don't like what I had to say. And I respect them for their opinions. Many people unsubscribe from the channel in the process. And you know what? I I respect them for that. I, I do kind of question why they will unsub because of one opinion they didn't like. But, you know, that's that's them. That is them. Uh, alrighty, let's see. Do, 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 do. The chat's gonna jump on me in YouTube's, so let me go ahead and just get to a nice, safe, get to a nice, nice, safe space over on YouTube. YouTube's gonna be so crazy, guys, there's probably gonna be some missed chats, so let me go ahead and jump over to the uh, Twitch stream for a second. So, uh, Suli says, do you think people let the few epic moments in Endgame, like when Cap held the hammer, cloud their judgment of the film? Yes. Absolutely, people let those epic moments, which were really cool, cloud their judgment. No question about it. No question about it. I don't get why it's rated so high, and every uh, every review I see praises the movie as it's as it's the next Godfather. Yeah, I don't get I don't get understand it either. You know, there are people that I trust, people like Jeremy Johns and uh, Chris Stuckman, uh, John Fliginger. You know, people that I've been watching for years who gave them all like this movie their highest grade. And again, that's their own subjective view. But at the same time, too, I think that they went way too many things slide, way too many obviously flawed things and flawed problems to this film slide. And I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not going to say they're shills because I don't think they are because I know a lot of people who are friends of mine who liked it and I know they're not shills. You know, I honestly think that your first point is correct. I think that so many people let those epic moments, you know, cloud their judgment overall for the film. As I said, if let's say you have a giant, let's say we're in Jurassic Park and you get to that scene where there's that giant pile of crap. And let's say that this movie is that giant pile of crap, but it has a really uh, a good collection, a plethora of various diamonds and jewels and precious stones strewn throughout this giant crap. Okay, yeah, those jewels look great. They're beautiful to look at, but you got to look past the crap. And the way I see film, I can't look past the crap. I see the crap and I'm like, oh no, that gem is cool. That gem looks great, but the crap is still there, guys. And we can't simply ignore it. I'm sorry. We cannot simply ignore the crap that exists. Ah, man. 
Let's see. Goat Boy over on Twitch, uh, Twitch says, spoiler, nobody with more than eight brain cells cares. Oh, oh, Goat Boy. Oh, man, you're so funny. Oh, you're so funny. Macho Man 701. Macho Man. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Macho Man says, why do you think Far From Home is both the next film so close to Endgame? I know money, but why else? Uh, yeah, money and Sony. Because remember, it's not just a Marvel film. It's also a Sony film. So it was because of the deal they made with Sony. Sony obviously wants to make money. And so they're going to get that summertime release because that's going to be the best time for them to make money. So that's basically why it's the case. Why it's the end of phase three, according to Kevin Feige? No idea. That makes no sense. Um, Tobakin says, it was a 6 out of 10 for me, a lot to love, but much meh, Thanos was man the movie. Yeah, Tobakin, right there with you, man. I agree. Suli loves the crap analogy. I'm glad that you like the crap analogy. Took me a lot of time. No, I'm kidding. I just, <laughs> it's usually the first thing I go about is, yeah, I mean, think about it as giant crap. <laughs> Tobakin says, the third act was predictable. I thought there would be something more. I'm right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the predictability also hurt the film too. Whole movie was predictable, absolutely. Frank, the, you know, I would say the beginning I did not see happening. I did not think time travel was going to be used in the way that it was. I thought I was very surprised by that. And I was also very surprised by them killing Thanos off very quickly. Again, people had been predicting those things, but I was first, I was surprised that they actually did it. That they were foolish enough to actually do it in the first place. So he says, I wish the Russos did something else than time travel. Me too. The Senate over on Twitch says, Odin question. The film is B minus subjectively for me, a seven. Well, again, I respect your opinion, Senate. I respect your opinion. All right, let me go over to my D live people because the D live people have been very, very patient, have been very, very patient. Oh my goodness. There's so many things. Uh, Patrick McDuff, Captain F head, phone Nemo, the K man as well. Banana man PV, uh, Captain F head. Thank you for the lemon bad hammy. Thank you for the cute little puppy. <laughs> uh, Bad Hammy says, hey, Odin got my OBS worked out. Perfect, Bad Hammy. Glad to hear it. Uh, Tropical Thunder, thank you much for following me over on DLive. Let's see. Phonema says, I zoned out mentally and stopped caring during the time travel stuff. Yep, I totally understand why. I totally understand why. Phonema says, we should start saying that the new movies aren't diversity, inclusive, or woke enough. I know, seriously. And, and you know what? The people that they're making these movies for are going to say the same thing. Oh, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Uh, Larry2001, thank you very much for following. Larry says, after seeing all the spoilers, is it still worth seeing? I don't think so. Some do. Again, it depends on your it depends on your relationship with the MCU, and it depends on whether or not you think that those issues are going to be able to cloud your overall enjoyment, subjective enjoyment of any film. So if you know that knowing certain things is going to ruin your enjoyment of a film, then don't spend your money on it. Or if you are going to spend your money on it, wait and spend... You know, $5 on a Tuesday or something like that. On a Tuesday. The K-Man, thank you very much for the lemon. Thank you very much for the lemon. Phonema says, John Wick also ends this year. A lot of franchises are ending. Yes, that is true. Because obviously Star Wars, there's going to be a big ending there. John Wick is is my only hope for this year. As far as like franchises go. Because obviously you could talk about, you know, I am excited for Godzilla. I am excited for Godzilla. But man, John Wick 3, if John Wick 3 isn't good... My year is ruined. Because <laughs> Endgame, Endgame's already made it hard enough. But if John Wick 3 can't do it, if John Wick 3 can't get it done, I'm, I'm done. I, at that point, I just retire. I, I just go off to a farm like Thanos. Uh, the K-Man. New drinking game. Shot each time he says crap. Oh, man. That, uh, y- you wouldn't last very long. Uh, Bomac, thank you for following me very much on DLive as well. Uh, Bad Hammy, thank you for the two lemon donation. I appreciate that. Uh, Bad Hammy says, great point about the Soul Stone. Yeah, seriously. 
How'd they get the Soul Stone back? Who, who are they giving it to? <laughs> uh, Dakota Geezer. I truly wanted to love Endgame, but couldn't get past the whole. Same here, Dakota. Wanted to love it. I was so pumped for it. You can look at my videos before the movie. I was so pumped. Even in the video review I do, I, I literally am filming myself going to the theater. And I am so excited. I am so happy. I am so pumped. And then, ugh, the movie happened. All right, getting back over to YouTube. Oh, man, got a lot of super chats. So let me go ahead and take care of those real quick. Um, 80s Nostalgia Guy, thank you very much for the super chat, says, A better use of time travel would be like the movie Edge of Tomorrow. Have the Avengers go back in time five years and die continually on the battlefield until they finally figure out how to defeat Thanos. Boom. Yes. Now, obviously, we complain because (laughs) it would be stealing another's idea, but at least it would be a better use of time travel. That is indeed true. And I would much rather it be a better story than it to be filled with holes. Uh, let's see. Baptist702, thank you very much for the super chat. Says, Odin, love your commentaries and God bless you. God bless you, good sir. Do you have any favorite writers, comic and literary? And do you see a return to classical storytelling in comics and movies? Not likely anytime soon for either. I'm not a comics guy, so it's harder for me to talk about that aspect for movies. No, I think we're going to be going the way of kind of the big studio productions. Um, but I, I would say, too, that in the smaller arenas, on the smaller scale, independent-wise, we're still going to get some pretty good uh, original classic storytelling. But as far as the bigger movies go, nah, not anytime soon. Not until people stop buying it. Once people stop buying it, that is when they will stop writing it, you know? And that's not like it happen anytime soon. As far as favorite writers for me, um, it's going to be obscure. Connor McPherson, he's a playwright. He's an Irish playwright. Love his work. Um, I would say my favorite play of his is actually called The Seafarer. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. There's a description of hell that is damn near perfect, and I use it uh, actually in my classes. I'm a theology teacher. I actually use it because it scares the hell out of the kids <laughs> because I try and tell them, you know, you might have heard that hell is the fire and brimstone, but that is metaphorical language. Let me tell you one of the more, you know, this example here, that's probably the most accurate that I can think of. And, oh, it's so great. But yeah, anyway, uh, Connor McPherson is one of my favorite writers. And uh, I'm trying to think of authors that I would like. I'm not much of a reader, so it's hard for me to really make a comment on that. Uh, but it's a good question. Thank you very much for that super chat. Uh, Melissa Anderson, thank you for the Super Chat, says, Still process- processing that a mouse saved the universe and I'm not happy with Bucky not being Cap. Great, great Scott! Love you, Odin. Melissa, thank you very much. Love you as well. And yes, seriously, Bucky not being Captain America doesn't make any damn sense. That is a stupid decision. It is a woke decision. And again, I love Falcon. I love Falcon and I love Anthony Mackie. But please explain to me how he can be Captain America. When Captain America is not the same thing as a, uh, you know, Captain America is not a mantle that people take up. There's, there really is no uh, reference to that. Obviously, you can talk about uh, Bucky in the comics taking up the mantle, but it was never seen as one. You know, Steve Rogers was Captain America forever. And it wasn't until later on when he dies that there's finally a, you know, a change. And the first person they go to is Bucky because it makes the most sense. But yeah, oh my God. The mouse, though. It's so funny they mentioned that. So, yeah, at one point in time, the way that you get Ant-Man back, and, of course, Ant-Man coming back is necessary in order for the entire time travel thing to actually happen, is because a rat happens to be playing around on the board and is able to flip a switch that brings him back from the quantum realm. Yep. Isn't that nifty? Isn't that just great? (laughs) 
Oh, Lord. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, Reed Palancia. Holy crap, Reed. Thank you very much for that generous super chat. Says, the most important thing is that you have to be, you have to have the visual effects working for you instead of you working for the visual effects. David Heyman. So many give a pass for a bad script because the CGI was great. Sad the story is secondary. Yeah, I agree. And the CGI for the most part is pretty good. I would say the de-aging and aging processes they show are fantastic. Good Lord, the uh, old man cap looks great. Old man cap looks so good. I will at least give them that much that he looked great as, as an older man. And I'm still blown away by how they're able to make Michael Douglas look as young as he does. Like that, that is amazing. That truly is amazing that the technology, the, the makeup, the CGI, whatever combinations of things they use, that is awesome. The fact that they're able to pull that off the way they do. But again, that doesn't make a good story. That doesn't make a good story. And that's why it makes me very upset, you know? Uh, let's see. Challenge Bros, welcome to the channel. The Senate, thank you very much for following me over on Twitch. Old Gamer, thank you for following me on Twitch as well. Think about, think, think about, thank you very much for the 99 cent super chats. Bose Cabin, thank you for subscribing. Brandon B, thank you for the $5 super chat, says, Hey, Odin, great stuff. Godzilla 2019. Brandon B, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. And yes, Godzilla 2019 looks awesome. I'm very excited for Godzilla. Very excited. Now, that one's another one, though, that I'm going in cautiously optimistic and the reason why for that film is because i don't want them to use too much cgi <laughs> and i know there are people like yeah but the whole point of it's gonna be monsters fighting each other yes but that means a lot of cgi and if it's a cgi fest and it's not perfect i'm not gonna like it it's just again cgi is kind of my thing it's kind of a pet peeve of mine kind of like plot <laughs> but but plot is a pet peeve of most people if you're a critic of something especially if you're a film critic plot should be pretty damn important <laughs> you know, it should be pretty damn important. Think about it. Uh, thank you very much for the super chat. It says, I wish the Avengers fought the Thanos who snapped away half the population. That way the payoff would be better in the final battle. This time travel stuff basically turned Endgame into Infinity War 2. Yes, I agree definitely to a, to a point. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to do time travel, do it so that it makes sense. Have it be logical. Don't do this, oh, multiple times and, and multiple factors and multiple timelines, multiverse. Again, if you're going to do that, do it right. They didn't do it right. doesn't make any sense. It's confusing as hell. And, yeah, it ruins the movie, I think. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. And Kleins, drop out, Kleins, drop out. Thank you for the super chat. says, I know I'll be watching Iron Man 2008 more than Endgame as we move on to the future. Much more of a timeless movie. Yes, for sure. There are many movies I own that I will watch again. Endgame is a movie that I will not even buy. Have no plans to buy that movie. And Bot, thank you very much for following me over on DLive. Um, and because he just donated Spidey Flash, thank you very much for the super chat, says, The old man Cap works because all he has to do is change his name and only him and Peggy, while Ice Cap timeline continues as normal. <sighs> yeah, but then... Mm, but is it in the same... But again, is it a separate timeline at that point? Or is it the same timeline? And then how do you explain that? Are you telling me that Cap went back and was able to... I mean, he still has to bring stones that were taken from their time back to the exact moment, to the exact time, and there's no butterfly effect? I mean, keep in mind that at one point, you have a character named Loki who takes one of the stones and disappears. Which seems to insinuate that there's a different timeline. That there's multiple verses, multiple timelines, multiverse, and that is just a giant mess. 
giant, giant mess. All right, getting back over to the YouTube chat. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, Asgard, though, went from fat drunk king to a drunk queen. By the way, yeah, I like her, Valkyrie. Chris and Tess are going to be hilarious in MIB 4. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm actually kind of looking forward to MIB International. Do we need another one? Hell no. But at least we got two actors that have pretty great chemistry with each other. So I do like Tessa Thompson. G-Mungus says, when Captain Marvel saved Iron Man, I thought it would be like The Last Jedi. At least it got better. Uh, then she comes back and almost single-handedly takes off the gauntlet. Best part was Captain Marvel getting punched. Yes, G-Monkey, but then you get to another plot problem for me. So Captain Marvel, somehow, some way, is able to hold off, is able to hold off the entirety of the Infinity Gauntlet with all of the stones in it, but then one stone taken off beats her away. After Thanos tries to headbutt her, and you hear the really cringy iron sound. Ah, again, as much as I love her getting punched and getting thrown away, which was great, the stuff before it ah, just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't work. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, yep, MCU is ignoring the comics big time. Bucky becomes Cap F. Steve. Widow is a super soldier born in 1928. Oh, my God. See, wouldn't that be awesome? And and that, I think, to me, is actually one of the things that's not being talked about. Black Widow dying is stupid. She is, if you want someone, if you want a female to be the future of the MCU, you do it with Black Widow. Could you imagine if they were able to use timeline, to, or rather to use time and have her become a super soldier? That could be badass. That could be cool. Everyone loves ScarJo. Like, everyone likes her as, as, an, as a performer in that role. It would work. But no, we can't do that because Brie Larson has to be the future. Oh, we have to have Brie Larson with that haircut. Oh, the haircut. Yes. Oh, my God. That haircut was beautiful. It was amazing. Oh, it's my favorite part of the movie. 